When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I I'm your co-host, Coach Maples, a.k.a. J. Mapes, here with my brother, Kings, with a fresh cut. I see he got the, the blended line. I see you. You feel me? We don't, do, we don't do bowls over here. Get the blend. I see you, my brother. How was your Christmas? It's been good, bro. I mean, it's been solid for me. Uh, the, the, the Raiders took care of business. You know what I mean? The Niners caught the L's. I won some cash on these football bets. I'm living good. All right. Um... We have a very special guest, friend of the pod, back when we was back in the SoundCloud days. We was out the trunk. Uh, my boy, Chris Connor, uh, with his do rag on from the Bird Rights, New Orleans Pelicans Twitter stand up. The seventy uh, percent that does not have me blocked. That's my guy, Chris Connor. What's going on, my guy? Appreciate you, friend of the pod, man. Regular guest. How's it going, my guy? How's your Christmas? Man, it was a it was definitely a good Christmas, man. I'm happy to be on, man. It's uh, a lot is, you know, y'all y'all become legends since uh, the last time I was on here, man. They flying you out to Vegas and all, you know what I mean? You know, following counts jumping up to almost, you know, twenty k, and I think what Kings Kings over ten k, y'all over here killing it, man. Uh, we just you know trying, trying to trying trying to trying to remain authentic, man. That's all that's all it is, you know, making people angry one day at a time. Hey, people tune in and enjoy it. <laughs> to enjoy the show um you know as i've pointed out my mental health sabbatical is over from football after the cowboys okay. broke me on thanksgiving uh you know it's good to come back to a 56 14 w uh rain dakota prescott king's favorite quarterback uh 320 and four tds in the first half you feel me don't say the cowboys broke you man say the truth the raiders broke you on thanksgiving that's what happened First of all, that, it was a third. It was a third and four easy throw. <laughs> Dak threw a ground ball. That's nothing to do with the Raiders. QB <laughs> was broken. It is, it is what it is. You feel me? It is what it is. Uh, my therapist told me to let that go. We have to look forward and onward. And, uh, you know, we're in the hunt for the first seed, baby. That's all that matters. Chris, you a Saints fan? You know, all I can do is give you thoughts and prayers at this point. I don't know who your quarterback is. Uh but Ian Bug, bro, you ready? You ready for Notre Dame's finest, man? Man, I'm just uh, are y'all good tomorrow? Because um, I don't know. I'm bro. Starting y'all defense against me. I saw y'all at home against Miami. Y'all defense to say I need three points. Hey, I need y'all football. to beat Miami though. Me I need three heck. points. I need three points of fantasy football. Am I, am, is yes, y'all defense man. good for three points? They're down to four. Yeah, I, I I think three points, but they're down to 48. I think dress players, and I think the, the you have to have at least 48, and three of them are questionable. So. They got 21 players out with COVID and how many players that don't injure reserves. So oh, no, nah, I'm picking somebody else up. I can't do that. Y'all gonna have y'all you're gonna be out there a corner when I turn the TV on tomorrow, man. I yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. So 
if I get the call, bro. All right, man, let's get into this basketball stuff. Chris is a contributor to the Bird Rights um, Pelicans blog. You know, quick history. You know, they did call their best player a part of a a dumpster fire package, but we still love Chris. Um, (laughs) I got I I, I had to mess with you on that one. But seriously, man, after a a very stinky start, um, things are turning around. You got uh, Josh Hart playing the best ball of his life. Brandon Ingram playing the best ball of his life. Um, everything's trending up. I saw the thing that uh, Ale posted. Uh, Willie Green liked to break the season down into 10-game increments. And I saw they have finally, they went from bottom 20 and everything to the teens and everything. And now I think they're last 10, seventh in defense, and then up to average middle of the pack offensively, which is tough given the 6, 7, 290 a 330 pound uh hole in the line of depending who you ask what he weighs that day so um talk to me about you know where the pelicans started uh things that have changed and, and how they how they got the trending upward man and shout out willie green too man hell of a job by the way go ahead go ahead chris take it away yeah man i mean you, you know i i don't think we've given willie green enough enough credit uh overall for the the work that he's done uh the ultimate uh, the composure he's shown, whether they were playing really bad to start the year or whether it's, you know, things have been trending up now. And even in today's game or tonight's game against the Thunder, B.I. goes out early. Uh, they're down close to 20 points, could have folded on the road against OKC. They fight back and they make they even take the lead in the fourth with a chance, you know, to win. Half the team is out with COVID or injured, you know, and team just continues to battle. And I think that's that's pretty much, you know, what they've, what they've done. I mean, they, they really, they really seem to believe in their coach. The beginning of the year, guys were trying to find, um, trying to find out where they fit. And then, you know, Josh, and then just important players are hurt throughout the year. We didn't know how important Josh Hart would be in the beginning of the year, but he missed first, first few games. Uh, And then he comes back, B.I. goes out. Um, and then everything is put on Jonas Valanciunas. And they end up squeaking a few games out here and there. But then, I mean, at some point, the talent gap you know, shows up in the NBA like no other, man. I mean, it just was what it was. And the kill wasn't, hasn't been able to take a consistent step forward like they banked on. And, you know, either, you know, neither has Jackson Hayes. So they had to figure that aspect out. Billy, Billy Hernan Gomez ends up being your backup center and plays pretty well. And... You know, it just seemed like Willie just kept things together. He kept making them believe that it will turn around, things will turn around. And then you start getting contributions from these same guys that gave you, you know, that gave you worry, Devontae Graham included. If he can't have a good first, second, or third quarter, he shows up every fourth quarter. Uh, You eventually get B.I. back, and he starts to get healthy, and then mentally he just turns something on. Um, And even with the guys that aren't, you know, that are giving you headaches, Thomas Sadoransky and Gary Temple had a really good night tonight, but, you know, has had, has had his, his troubling mistakes for a guy that's been in the league as long as he has. Trey Murphy hasn't been able to really give you anything to start, but a guy like Herb Jones can, right? He's been one of the, you know, he's going to make an all NBA rookie team, right? If he stays, if, if he's able to stay healthy. So, um, I mean, they're getting contributions in places that some people expected and others in which they didn't. But like you mentioned, you know, what's moving the needle for them right now is Josh Hart's improvement, uh, playing the best ball of his career, and just the uh, the physical and mental space that B.I. seems to be in. 
But overall, man, these people, you know, these guys are believing in Willie Green. Antonio Daniels talks about it all the time. Like, to him, that was one of the best additions that the franchise has made since he's been there. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, – I, I was a big fan of Willie, man. When I saw that B.I. Uh, had actually reached out to connect with him before the season, when, when he was still in Phoenix coaching, I thought that was that was a kind of a big deal. I think for, for, for B.I., he had never really had a coach that really – just connected with him. I remember in, in, in LA, it was about, you know, him for about 30 seconds. Then LeBron comes the next year. Right. And then the Slonzo and then even Kuzma had a, uh, Kuzma actually had took more shots to him per game that one year that they were all together. So I, I think finally seeing him with a coach that's going to, you know, lean on him and, and lean into him as a leader and a, and a, and a go-to guy. I think that's, that's big for him. Um, so I'm trying not to turn this into a, you know, a, a griff stomping. Into a funeral. Did, did yeah. y'all get hurt today? Yeah, that's the thing I want to talk about. That's, let's lean in. So what, what, the, the bad luck with injuries here, man, that's, that's where I want to go next. So you finally get something rolling. You guys get up to two games out of the last playing spot. Um, you get a Nikhil has his best game of the year. Gets COVID the next day. Test positive for COVID <laughs> the next day. Um <laughs> B.I., best game is like 28.6 per game in the month of December, shooting 50%. Uh, they, they can't even find the, the part of the game where he got hurt. He's just limping all of a sudden. Uh, they didn't say strained Achilles, like a, a sore Achilles. Um, the initial reports I read from the guys that tapped in, you know, Lopez and everything, is, I said it was more precautionary than anything, which is a good sign more so than having yeah. him, you know, limping off or on, on crutches. So, man, I, I got to ask, it seems like, you know, it's a little divided. And I get Kings in here on this after you. It seems a little divided, man. Are you team tank or are you team, let's try to get one of these playing spots and, you know, give these young guys a chance at some basketball games that matter. Like, where are you with that personally? Well, you know, it really, I think it really depends on um, if you believe in that stress that they just put you know, together and some of the other wins that they had dating back to beating Utah and Utah and then, you know, beating the Clippers with a healthy, uh, a healthy Paul George. I mean, if, if, if you believe in that, in that version of the team and what they were starting to put together, um, then I think you push forward um, because all the indications from what, from what I, I've been told, or I mean, they're running around, they, the medical staff believe that Zion can play, return and play in basketball before the season ends. Um, if you believe in that, which how, <laughs> I mean, if, if you believe in that, I, I, I can't believe in any, anything like that until I see that, until I see him back doing five on five activity against actual players. But if you believe in that, then you push forward because the Western conference, I mean, and not just, I mean, both Eastern and Western conference is just a, it's just, it's hell right now. It's a bunch of 500 teams, the teams below 500 and people going through, Different guys and lineups and ten game, ten day contracts all across the damn world. Maybe you might get a call tomorrow. Man, <laughs> I mean, I hope you're ready. You know, hey, man. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like so. You know, I think with the way that just the Western Conference is, you know, I mean, but just sticking it right there, man. Um, I think you know you have to push forward to it until you know. Now, if you get to a spot to where you're six or seven games out, um, and the trade deadline is you know is is coming up, then maybe you do approach. You know, maybe 
removing a few different assets and moving towards the next year and really diving into, you know, your young guys and Trey Murphy and company and letting them go. But I just don't see a, a scenario as bad as they were to start the year. Somehow they're now they're looking two, three games out. Two and a half. Um, two and a half. I thought two and a half, part. right. Yeah, I think that they'll still be in striking distance by the time B.I. comes back and even after this rough stretch they have coming up. So they'll probably be buyers as the reports have been have been, um, you know, pegging and mess. And, you know, I mean, I just don't see at this point. I don't see them tanking, even if that's a route that someone wants to go, which I'm not I'm not against that thought 100 percent either. But I don't see them tanking. All right. Kings, what do you think? A team, you know, uh you got Jonas, who's 30, uh, B.I.'s in year six, Zion, per Chris is, uh, you know, having his sources in the building, you know. Um, <laughs> as a young team, like not really a young team, but your best players are, you know, Jonas has been in the league almost 10 years. Is this year seven for B.I., uh, Chris? Yeah, do you uh, do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, do you yeah. do, you know, even though the rest of those guys are young, Kings, you tanking with that group, or you just saying, forget it, we got to put these guys in important games at some point just for some type of development or seeing where they are? Where, where are you with that at this point, Kings? I think, you, I think one major question has to be answered, <laughs> and that is, like I always tell you, does, does, does bro want to play for us or not? <laughs> <You know? laughs> does bro want to play for us? <laughs> does bro want to play for us or not? <laughs> because if you want to play for us, it's no need to tank, man. There's no need to tank if you want to be part of this team. If you want to play with us and you want to be part of our franchise, what do we need a tank for? Like, let's go develop. Let's go get as good as we can. And let's go build something for the future. But if you don't, you know what I mean? If there's wishy-washy, if we're questioning if you want to be part of the future, that's like, you know, I have to go back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? So that's a legitimate just, question. Yeah so, the, yeah, so like, yeah, that, 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 that's, thank you, Kings. That's, that's a perfect segue. That's a perfect that, segue. So like, question. All, all jokes aside, we've seen the jokes. You don't want to be there. The the kind of unnecessary out of bounds weight jokes that's kind of go push too far. But on on a serious note, like based on what you heard, people you talk to, what what's Zion's feel about being a Pelican at, at this point and going towards the future? Like and you're just like you know all, all no troll no troll like just seriously what's what's the vibe like right now? So look the words the words for the people that are tapped in they believe don't match the action, right? You know, um, and that's that's where it gets weird, right? You know, um, you he 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 he'll say the right things. Um, his family may feel differently. Some people around him may feel differently and not want him in New Orleans. And some of them haven't wanted him in New Orleans since day one. Um, there's been there's some truth to him not to him and David Griffin not having the having friction at certain points. I don't know how that has progressed or if it's gotten worse or whatever the case may be. Um, I, then, I mean, you have rumblings about not just his physical shape, but is he paying attention? You know, is he falling asleep in meetings? Is, is, he, should, is he skipping rehab? Like, you know, is that, is that just a guy being just young, you know, being, being immature, being 21 years old? Or is that someone that just isn't committed to getting back on the floor for this particular franchise. I don't know if I can answer the question, but, you know, it's hard for me to, if if I'm Zion, not look at what this team is doing right now without him and look at the, the group they started to get in. I mean, dude, those dudes really, really like each other. 
for the first time in a while since I want to say since before Boogie got hurt, this is the first team that I see that really actually seems to like each other. And it's multiple. It's a lot of individuals, you know, all at once. They seem to get along well. You know, I would hope Zion would want to be a part of it. I mean, like, Maples, let's be honest, bro. If if looking at it right now, they would be already in a playoff, like, seating right now if Zion was healthy. Oh, yeah, I told if, you. If you're getting this, yeah, if you're getting this B.I. And, and you're getting this Josh Hart, they would be set up currently right now in one of those slots. So and Maples, I would hope that he looks at it that way. Yeah, and the Maples, remember I told you Val, uh, Valanciunas was going to be able to shoot threes. Remember I told you that yeah, before I remember the that. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said he, he, he could leaned, shoot. He, he leaned into that, yeah. That, yeah, that. I said all he had to do was do that Brooke Lopez stuff where you just take your step, take your feet back, and just <laughs> start getting them up. And then that's all he had to do. And then I liked the Devontae. You know, a lot of people gave people gave people mess for that. Lonzo trade, not get it. But for me, I like Graham off the bounce with his jump shot as a shooter. And I think that would be more synergistic with – I always thought it was going to be more synergistic with Zion on the pick and roll, actually having the guard you have to respect uh, in terms of a pull-up standpoint off the, off the pick and roll. So I think that was always going to help create more gravity for Zion. I thought that would have been a good, nice little action for them to get going. But Zion never played, so we never got a chance Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my thing with that, like, man. if, if – if you watch Chris, I'm never about, you know, it's never been comparing Lonzo to Graham. Compare mm-hmm. my thing was this: that's fine. Your decision is to not come off, to not extend Lonzo. Not my only thing was you see what I, I tweeted once a week: Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, a 2024 second round pick, and cash considerations. Like, if my thing is, if they were willing to pay him 20 million dollars, they obviously value him to an extent. You have to lean on them and say, no, we have, we want some uh, actual player. Like, we need a point guard. You're going to give us Kobe White back, not like <laughs> Santa Rosa. Like, it's Something, like, bro. yeah, so that, that, that was basically my own. Like, if you, uh, your decision, I disagree with it. But if your decision is to move on from Lonzo because you don't think the contract matches the, the commitment or the game, you don't see the growth coming with the usage going to Zion, like leaning in a point Zion and Ingram handling the ball, you don't see him as a ball handler, that's fine but get some type of return that's going to help you. And, and to, to you know, and look like Sadoransky was better, has been better in previous stops. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, by far, I that's mean, what I'm he doesn't look like a basketball player <laughs> yeah. at, at, at all. Sometimes <laughs> I don't look, I mean, it, it was, it was like today in the first quarter, uh, like towards the end, I think B.I. asked for the ball and then Sato Sato just gave away. Like I get out and I'm looking at the TV. I'm like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> and then he ran a pick and roll and shot a broke a broke ass mid range. I'm like, all right, man, let, let Cowboys keep off a of 520. Now I don't need to see too much more of this, but yeah. So so let like last, last thing on the Pelicans before we move on. Let, let's talk about these young guys before we move on. So we, we Brandon's playing the best ball of his life. Um, Devontae's been been you know solid at the least. I'd say you know not the most consistent shooting wise, but I think he provides a spark at opportune times, even in down games. Um, Let's go into into the Jackson first before we get to, let's go to Jacks first. So people were real disappointed. Like the I think the story behind him is what disappoints people because you trade out of the four spot, which is either you know Hunter, Hunter Garland, who are you know starters oh, in the man. league, right? And you go down to him. So that, I think that's I think that's adding up to a pressure to him to be productive. And he hasn't been able to do that. I think tonight was very good though. Tonight was like the first time I see him. So where where are you with Jax at, at this point? Just 
I, I mean, look, like it, it's it's a situation where you know you you wonder year one if he was going to take a JaVale McGee kind of route right. to where it took JaVale multiple stops from a, a maturity level, from a physical level, from just just understanding how to play that position um, before he really got it. Or A, it got to be a mixture of he, he has to go into a winning environment that's going to demand it of him to even to, to even step on the floor. Um, and I think this I, I think this year is a you know a spot in which you know Willie kind of just said forget I'm it. too well like, I'm playing too well like I can't I can't have you out there and it's disappointing man because like he's such a great athlete man it's gonna click for him and I, and and I and listen I told you like it's gonna click for him it's just a matter it's just a matter of when at, at what point does he mentally say okay I have to do these small things I have to box out. I have to want to do some of these dirty work things just to stay on the floor for 10 minutes. And a lot of the other stuff will arrive. Everything don't have to be a highlight, bro. You ain't got to block everything off the, you know, you know, <laughs> off the top of the glass, bro. And everything doesn't have to be a, you know, an alley-oop finish. You know what I mean? There, there are other ways to impact the game. I thought that we would see more of him at power forward this year. I thought he would shoot more threes. And it just does, like, I, to me, that's, that's what was going to impact the game because I didn't think physically he was there enough to impact the game against, low post guys that destroy him even like still this year when they matched up against them. So the discipline isn't there. The body isn't there. Um, and then offensively, there's no low post game. There's, there's, you know, there's no, there's no consistent pick and rock, no, no pick and pop. He can get to the free throw line and he can knock, he can knock those down, but he doesn't, but, but, but there's not a way he doesn't understand the game enough or have moves there to be able to, um, you know, demand those calls consistently it's a bunch of flailing this is a, ba- a bunch of bad fundamentals still yeah. left with them so and I, and I, was, I mean and I, I throw him this bone like to his credit i was playing around on b-ball index you know looking through his profile and stuff he's an excellent role man even this year in a down year he's excellent yeah. as a role man. i think it's like over 90th percentile as a role man he's just, he's just so athletic he just you give you, you take your eye off him he's going to finish the thing is you got guards on the Pelicans who are like in the 14th and 8th percent as pick and roll ball handlers, and they just they can't make the reads or the passes to make him effective. So like that, I think look, like, look at look at look at right, and this is this is a tough example because Chris Paul is one of the greatest right. point guards of all time. <laughs> but like you know Tyson Chandler for example, right? And that that's that's near and dear to me because because he broke out. If you want to say broke out offensively, abs in a double double. Yeah, when he got next to right when he when he got next to, but not just CP. When he got next to other to other point guards that could, you know, uh, penetrate, manipulate pick and rolls, and find him. And that's exactly and and to, to to people that support Jax, that's what they would tell you. He needs a he's he's point guard dependent right now. You get someone in there. It doesn't have to be even a great. It doesn't have to be a great guy. It could be an average to good point guard in that level. Some type of mid range threat free throw shooting, someone who's who's picking centers up off of him because now all they're doing is playing for dives because they know that's all he wants to do. So if you get someone that has that ability, he'll probably get better looks. But at the end of the day, it's on him. There's improvements that he still has to make mentally and physically. And I just don't know if he's going to have the time to do it enough in New Orleans. What about you, Ken? What do you think about Jackson Hayes? And it's tough for me because it's like – it's like, man, I keep – I like I told you already, I, I knew they were going to regret that trade as soon as they trade out Garland. 
<laughs> I, my thought process was, oh yeah, you got the one and the four just drafted Zion Garland. Call I remember, game. I remember you were. I remember King took. I get Kings was very high on Garland. I was high. I didn't like Jackson. Yeah, I didn't like Jackson the night of Yeah, I was high on Garland from the jump. I mean, I already knew with Zion's build and his play style that he was going to need a, a spacing center. So, like, I just didn't like the idea of giving him a, a center who wasn't spacing for him, unless, you know, the center was very athletic and could play defensively and cover up maybe his, his defensive faults, right? Because Zion's obviously, you know, undersized as a big. Then, yeah, I, I, that was the case. But uh, I was my hope for Jackson was that he was going to be a great defensive uh, big. You know, he was going to come. He was going to be like Mitchell Robinson, where you can come, block shots, get good, get rebounds, you know, and, and do like, like you said, the dirty things. You know what I mean? Like do the dirty work as a big. But uh, never really embraced that. Kind of <laughs> always seemed to be in the doghouse. Like I would be watching, looking at games like, where's Jackson Hayes, bro? Like, where's his PT at? You know what I mean? Like, 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 I would just be like, man, like, so it's like for me with Jackson Hayes, like really – you just really want to just see him be a rim running big, like just really want to see him just contribute in a positive way. Like it's so funny because the Lakers let him walk, but Damian Jones is really the archetype for a lot of young big that need to be like literally just rotate on defense, do your job, rebound, hustle, give effort every single time you're out there, every single minute you're playing catch your lobs, finish your, finish your easy looks. Like, literally, that's all you got to do as a big bro, to get on the floor. And I just feel like so many guys just, you know, obviously they want that second contract. Like John Rivers is always saying, they want that second contract. They want to get that nice payday. So they want to be able to do certain things. But at some point, I think a lot of guys in their career needs to be humble about what type of player they want to be. Yes. What type of player they can be. I think Jackson Hayes is one of those guys who's going to have to look in the mirror and be like, what can I do well? What can I actually build on? And how can I actually find a place in this? Like, I think that's what he needs to do. Yeah, I think Chris mentioned that, and that might come with maturity, you know, on the second contract. You know, maybe it's not in New Orleans, or they say they're going to be sellers. If they're going to be sellers, I think he's probably towards the top of that list, given where he is, and somebody maybe still seeing something of value in, value in him and taking a flyer, so... We'll see what happens with the talent is there. I, I, I said this on uh, when I was on Dunker Spot. I, I kind of see Jacks like how I looked at Hamadou Diallo. I was like, that's it's so it's so much athleticism. I, I just hard not to see a productive NBA player at some point. It just it's a matter of time, and that's just how long a team wants to wait. It was it was the same thing with me and Bobby Portis when he got yeah, yeah, out yeah, of his yeah. teams. I was like, bro, this guy can that's shoot. Good. This guy is physical. It's like he's just too good to not right. Be- productive and contribute to winning in the NBA and the right team picked him up and now he's, he's turned his career around so uh, the same thing can happen to Jackson. Well you know he went to anger management punched out a teammate you feel me life, life's, <laughs> life's about growth man you know growth really growth man. growth man all right last one uh Nikhil has been uh <laughs> Nikhil Alexander Walker has been the a wild card I mean wild, subject of, of much controversy with the talk because um to say you don't see the talent there, I think you're just lying. I think what people were saying is trying to see is growth. And that's where it gets tricky because I, I told you this, you and Jada, this in a group, I was like, the minute he stops trying to make the most difficult play possible, he takes them. Like, that seems like that's his goal. Like, I'm not even going to score. I have to take the most difficult shot, a difficult route to this play 
possible. I think that's what gets him in trouble and why he's having a, a just a really inefficient season up and down. But I, what, I, what I do respect about Nikhil is the want to has not been deterred at all. Like, I'm still attacking. I'm still – some of that probably has to do with Willie Green, who hasn't at all told him to stop shooting, maybe direct him and take better shots. But he hasn't been like, you need to turn down. I think a lot of that's Willie Green. But Nikhil has not – he's not lost his confidence for sure. So, so uh, where, where are you with Nikhil at this point? And what do you – because next year is a contract year, so it's decision time right. a year's away. So, where, where, where are you with Nikhil right now? Uh, you know um... – needs to I think he needs to simplify his game in a lot of ways um and I'm you know I'm very interested you know because last year when he had that stretch and he was starting and he was playing he's playing pretty well he had no choice but to but to simplify everything because you know what the team needed of him out there playing with Zion and B.I. and Lonzo and company you know it just you know he was you know, you're talking about a fourth option, right? Some nights, maybe depending on how someone's playing, he's a third option. Everything, everything was simple. The matchup was different. You know, uh, the responsibility was different, um, and it just it it got him going from a from a confidence standpoint to where he was able to stream complete inefficient games together. Well, now, you know, they're in a spot to where it's been nights in which they need him to put the ball up. <laughs> And for a guy like him right now in that, you know, in that with who's so talented and so gifted with uh, so many things that he can do with the basketball. I mean, he has a he has a pretty deep bag. It's just a matter of like, which move do I go to now? But like you said, it's just like it's so it's like Nikhil will pass up the easy shot for a shot that does not need to be. T- it's like, bro, why would you do that? And and, and he's so like he's too, if you talk to him, you watch him like he's one of the smartest dudes on the team. He really is. And he's, you know, he, he's still young, um, but he wants it. He wants it. And he puts in the work. Um, sometimes he's too hard on himself, but I'm still, I'm still a believer in the kill. And I think, you know, they need someone of his ability. He just has to continue to work on simplifying things. And he might be with the right coach to help him do that. Um, you know, it's just a, um, it's just a matter of, you know, I think of course, just like with everybody else, whenever Zion returns, if he returns, like, <laughs> <laughs> Nikhil, Nikhil will look, a, you know, he will look a lot different because the responsibility chain will, you know, he'll, he'll be moved down the responsibility chain, he'll, you know, and things will just come a little bit easier for him. But yeah, I mean, another guy, man, even if he's not the athlete that we were talking about in Jackson, he's skilled enough and, and, and offers you so much flexibility offensively. Um, it still, it still has to make, it still has to improve as a shooter, uh, specifically spotting up. Um, but he, he gives you effort and gives you some good plays defensively. It's there. Um, it may take more time. I'm interested to see how he, you know, comes back after having, you know, a career game uh, or, you know, a really good season or his best game of the season before, you know, COVID hit. But I'm still a believer in the kill, man. You know, he just uh, – he's going to have to realize I don't have to do too much every time. Right. Gaines, what do you think about uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker at this point? You got physical tools, man. Um, yep. <laughs> quick, likes good speed. Um, get to the cup. Um, sort of reminds me of, of young Dennis Schroeder. Uh, funny enough, kind of how he played. So, so you know, I think he just has to, you know, calm himself down, kind of, um, kind of play under control. Really, I think a lot of these quick art type, these quick fast switch guards who can push the ball. Break down, um, break down the defenders. 
I think they'll do a, themselves a good service by watching a lot of Garland and Ishmith tape. I think those two guys are really good at using their speed, not only to create lanes, opportunities for themselves to get easy buckets, but to create for others. I think that's really the key thing. Uh, Ishmith specifically, because, you know, he's not uh, really good at shooting like that. And uh, he's not the best score, but uh, when he gets, when he has his lane, he guys angle to the, to the rim, he'll try and take it. And uh, he's mostly using his um, speed to try and create advantages for his, for his teammates, for his bigs and for, and for his shooters. So, I think, you know, guys like that are guys to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of why you just, they should have just drafted Garlic, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's wild, man. They just, uh, they've been looking for a point guard since that year. It's crazy part. That's what we still been looking for a point guard. Yeah, so, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, because Garlic got all that he could shoot too. So, so it's like, right, right, so it's right. like one of those things, but it's like, you know, even without the shot, you can really be effective with that speed. Is just dribble penetration is so important in hoop. As long as you're playing smart while you're doing it, is the key. So I think the next thing for Nas to get better at his reads, get better in the game cerebrally, I think that'll help him go to the next level because he got all the physical tools already. He just has to be right. smarter. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, I'm just gonna say, Chris, I heard you talk about it. I'm not selling my TM3 stock. I'm not either. I, yeah. I think yeah. I think it's yeah. just. It's yeah. just yeah, I'm not. I think I think he's got something. I I remember seeing in summer league. I mean, me and King's like he's he, he's yeah. he's got something. Uh, I think Herb is just still. I think Herb. I think for a small market team, picks like Herb Jones matter in the long run because you end up thinking about the cost of things more so than other teams. So when you can find a lottery type talent in the second round, I think you know that's 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 good. So you got one in Herb. Herb's gonna Herb's gonna play. 12 years of NBA basketball. <laughs> easy. Yeah. Easy, easy, just, man. Just right. So. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Moving on to uh, a more depressing note. Um, for who? Us. Chris says that because the Pelicans actually had the Lakers pick. This is one of the picks they have this year. I think if it's one through ten, yeah. one, the Pelicans get it beyond ten. It goes to Memphis. So... Chris uh, is rightfully praying on the Lakers' downfall. I can't, I can't hate him for that. Um, I, I stay graciously in the middle, you know, and, and just <laughs> observe the battles and laugh on both sides. Um, so the Lakers, um, I, I think yesterday was or Christmas Day was kind of a low point, man. Uh, you get Harden off. I mean, not you get KD out. Eighties um, out, but you do have LeBron and Russ. They go down early. They actually erase a 17-point deficit and then go back down by 20, erase that deficit, end up losing. Um, and the guy who had been playing decently for the season, it just we had to be honest about you know, Russell Westbrook as of late. It's just I think all Lakers fans' worst fears probably came true about what he was going to do. Um, Kings used to so – they don't respect him as a shooter, cramp on spacing. Uh, my thing was a late game decision making. 
that that's been really bad lately with the shot pass uh decision process is mind boggling for a 14 year vet um dude so what's the solution here with Westbrook Kings? You know, it's funny because we had, remember we had that uh, subject earlier where I was saying that you need to stop, you know, having Westbrook, you need to make Westbrook be able to play off the ball. Yeah. People are like, oh no, put LeBron off the ball. Boy. Well, you've seen LeBron <laughs> off the ball. Boy. You know, he still gets his buckets. You know, I mean, LeBron still can. LeBron go get his numbers regardless. Right. Style. You know, he can play off ball, on ball. Don't matter. He's getting his. But you see what happens when he's off ball, and 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 he, you know, zero is the one making decisions. It's exactly why I said he needs to not make decisions that much. You know, what I mean? <laughs> kind of saw that the other game. But uh, Westbrook is Westbrook, bro. You know, this is exactly why I was against this trade from the beginning. Is why I said they should trade for Hill. They keep talking about what's Hill done, what's Hill done. Bro, it's not about Hill. It's about the, like, it's fit, about right. the, the, the Lakers are stuck. Fit. fit and flexibility, they're stuck. They can't trade. Who's going to take Westbrook's contract? You know what I mean? And now you don't have any other assets. Look look, look, look what we gave up. Look what they gave up. <laughs> gave up KCP, who's a 3 and D, uh, 2 guard, one of the better ones in the league. You lost, you used the excuse of paying Westbrook to not pay Caruso. So you might as well count Caruso in that collateral damage. You know what I mean? You traded up one of the better 3 and D uh, uh, wings on your team in Kuzma. I know Kuzma's a knucklehead and all that stuff, but he's, he's 6'9. He's, he's athletic. He's young. He, he, can, he can guard wings. And then, what, what, when this, like, this is a sneaky thing that they did that people don't talk enough about, but I was very upset when I found out this happened. They gave up the first round pick. They gave a pick 22. Yeah. I, I literally could not believe that they had to give up pick 22 to trade for Russell Westbrook. I, I, I legit, I feel like it was a sick joke. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, how could you not just be like, take this? Like, who's going to give up? A, who was giving up a first round for Westbrook? They, the Rockets had to give up a first round to trade Westbrook. So who was giving up a first round to get Westbrook that you had to give that up? to go along with all of that, like that really irked me because now you have zero assets because you could have used that. You could have got a nice young player to not only help you, but to now put in other packages to get better if you need to fix yourself around the margins. So that's the thing with the rest trade, bro, is that you lost all flexibility. Like you just lost all of it. So it had to be, it had to, like this has to work or it's a wrap pretty much. It, it has to work, bro. It is it either it has to work or you have to find somebody willing to give you up uh you know short-term role players that they don't want and you have to and you have to just make them work and make them work. You know what I mean? It's like it's either rust works or you trade in for role players that other teams don't want to keep for long term and you have to make them work. One of those two has to happen. Yeah, we gotta, like, that's that's the only position they're in now with that trade. Like when they made that trade, th- that was it. So if they regret it, that's <laughs> that's on them. That that's on them because remember we we talked to people behind the scenes. <laughs> and what did they say? It was 50-50. They tried to tell them. Oh hey, yeah, man, oh yeah. We actually had that from somebody in the building. It was the, don't the, do it, split. man. Don't do it. This was a 50 50 bro. It was not a unanimous <laughs> thing. It was 50-50. So a lot of people in that front office is mad right now. Yeah, <laughs> a true. lot of them is very upset yeah. right now. Yeah, Chris, so, we, we were in Vegas. I'm not. I'm not going to give up. You know, brand name yeah, out of respect. Yeah, 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 I got you. He's he's in the building. It was like this was. They weren't even all the way sold on this, but yeah. 
Interesting. So, yeah. so, so all those reports of they want to trade Russell Westbrook, that that is true. That is true because half the front office did not want him there. That is a true statement. When I see those reports, that's not lying. They're not lying. That is not a thing that's fake. But who's going to take him? So it's like something. Hey man, it's a bad spot to be in. It's either he works or they trade him for role players that will work. Like that's how it has to be. Yeah, I'm just think, I'm thinking about teams that maybe want to sell tickets or something like that. It can come off like you know Sacramento, Orlando, like. You know, I know it's a fast. I know it's a, it's a long shot. I don't think I don't, I don't think he's tradable. They just don't have nothing to attach to him. Like people keep doing his THT thing. I just don't think he's played well enough to be like, OK, we'll take him along with Westbrook. I think next year when Westbrook's going into a, a contract here and teams like, oh, we can clear 44 mil off our books. Like next year, he'll be able to be moved early. It's all one year left. Yeah. We'll do it for one year and clear our books. But I talk. Remember, I put this in the chat. I talked to Vinay. I think this is the one Hail Mary, the one Hail Mary team that's possible because Russ is a short-term contract and they're kind of a team that kind of wants to fake compete. The Knicks. I think the Knicks is the only team where you can say, hey, bro, you know, Kemba may not look that good for you. Fournier may not look that good for you. Some of these other role guys that you paid on your bench may not look that good for you. We'll take those contracts. You get this star pair him up with Rose, pair him up with Randall, pair him up with RJ, and go and go fake compete in Madison Square Garden. Bro. Yeah, you know, like, no, that's crazy really, that's I can see that in the, I'm not saying I see it, but D Rose is also out for eight weeks, so they're hurting at that spot as well. He's out for two months. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. I I don't think he's tradable. I just I think I just tough, year three bro. this month. To be fair, they found a way to trade anybody in the NBA when it came down to it. So hey, I, he I, got. But, he got trade. I mean, he got trade when he had more years on his deal. Yeah, so yeah, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think it's I just the the Lakers. I think the first pick they can actually trade is the 2027 first round pick, and that's the next trip pick they could trade because of the the uh, the step the steps the Stepson rule or whatever. You can't trade back to back picks. So the next pick they could trade is 2027. So, you know, I you know you actually, I think you actually made a good point with that Orlando stuff. Uh, you know, because that's a team that might want to sell tickets who could eat his that's contract. <laughs> I think you could. I think you could do a you know rest for Gary Harris, uh, Ter- 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 Terrence Ross, and some other cat filler, and then give up a pigs. Like, I, like I think you can do that because you know those are expiring contracts. You're telling them, hey, we'll offload this pick, 2027 pick for you. You can get something out of it, and you know what I mean. Like, I think there's something to be there if they're willing to offload the 2027 pick. You got to sell it. You're like, hey, LeBron won't be here in 2027. This might be something. <laughs> That's how you yeah, got to sell it. For me, for me, honestly, I think the path for the Lakers, if I'm being 100% honest, and this is why I say wait till the deadline because I need to wait and see what they want to do. I think the path for the Lakers to be, to turn this season around, I think it completely hinges on trading Westbrook. Like, I don't even think they should trade THT, to be honest. No. Like, I think if you trade Westbrook, and if you actually get – Cape, uh, competent role guys like Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, guys who can play defense and shoot threes and they'll actually space the floor for someone like THT to not actually use his strengths to his advantage. I think you can actually have something there. You can actually have something for Kendrick Nunn. I think the problem is Russell Westbrook. It's just yeah. Russell Westbrook. And it's not because he's not good. It's because he's not a good fit. Yeah, this is what right. it is. Yeah, you know, I, well, the hope for me is, you know, not the hope, but to me, the only way that I see them – Level in the playing field is, you know, Omicron in the Bay Area, in the greater Phoenix area. Like, that's all I, <laughs> that's the, that's the only way I see it at this point. 
like just we'll get into these two teams later, but the, the Warriors and the Suns are just so far ahead of where the Lakers are. Man, like right now. I mean, it's, it's only December, but the gap is like it's kind of alarming how far ahead those teams are. But but you know what, Maples? I think LeBron is playing at such a high level. And I think AD, I know he's he's still putting up numbers. I just think LeBron's playing at such a high level. If you actually get guys that fit the LeBron system and he's not having to, you know, do all this weird like 30 stuff. Minutes, like 30 minutes with, of center? Yeah, do all this weird stuff because you play with a point guard who, who, who teams don't respect. I think if you go all in on the LeBron strategy and, you know, I mean, you give THT an actual chance to play with guys who will help him play to his best ability and, you know, you keep Kendrick Nunn, I think you can, I think you can do something, man. I really think you can do something with those guards. I just think you need to move the guy who's eating up too much of the offense and who's just not he's not useful defensively. Like really defensively, defensively is where it's we're really bad. Like he just he's man. not good enough on ball to, to 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 negate the fact that he's completely piss poor off ball. Like people were talking Basically about that. Dennis being bad off ball. This was like like in my opinion, this was average off ball, but he was elite on ball. So you had that good defensive uh, outings from him because he was busting his butt on ball. He was at least trying off ball. Russ doesn't even try off ball. Yeah. And on ball, he's rarely trying anyway. So it's like, it's just bad all around, in my opinion. He, he just seems to be comfortable getting triple doubles. That's it, really. It really looks like that. Chris, from the, from the outside looking at me, I know I saw you making fun of the, the conversation in the Lakers spaces last night. Uh, just from on the back, I know you a basketball fan first before yeah. it all depends. So what, what do you see? With the Lakers on the outside looking in, um, I mean, it just—it looks like, um, I mean, look, everybody or a good majority of people that had that had any type of basketball mind knew that that Westbrook didn't make sense, right? Um, and you know, to me, it was a stubborn—it was a stubborn move. You know, it was a, um, you know, we're gonna make a way, we're gonna make this work because we always make it work. Yeah, we're gonna. We're going to put together all of these pieces. And, you know, some of it, uh, I, I, I asked you teams beforehand, like, you know, how much of this is um, we can make it work because of LeBron and how much of it is is we can. I mean, but, you know, but even that's tough, man, because he's, well, he's about to be, what, 37 years old? Yeah, man. Like, we, yeah. We, at, you know, at some point, you know, it has to, you know, the responsibility, you know, the lifting has to come from other, you know, from other areas. And, you know, I like the idea of, you know, some of the pieces that were added and COVID and injury has kind of gotten, you know, in the way of it. But, you know, to me, you know, I think that, and you would kind of look at this more so when Anthony returns and what, and what shape, you know, will AD be in. But to me, it's going to, a lot of it's going to fall on him. If he's close to the guy that, you know, he was, and I, I wouldn't even say, you know, bubble, you know, even in, in the bubble, but just, you know, before that, you know, right. I mean, that season period, if he's close to that guy, you know, a lot of things I think end up changing. You know, to where Brian doesn't have to be Superman every night, and Westbrook can go back to being in the in a in a better space than he was as a third pick. And some of these other role players, when they come back from whether it be injury or you know COVID, you know, you know, you find guys like what's the guy named Austin Reeves, who you know, who I you know, I think is a solid guy who's going to fit with them and what they need of him. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, I think what what Trevor Reeves is back now. I mean, they you know they need. Um, it's just you know it's they're they're paying for the sins of a of a of a silly offseason, uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's what you know Dwight Howard and you know not having a center that can you know that can space the floor 
you know, to where now you have to have LeBron at center, which is still crazy to me. <laughs> like he has no business doing that at this at this point in his career right now. But you know, um, you know, this I don't know what happened with Marcus Gasol, but you know, a guy like him would be you know would be fitting for this team right now. DeAndre Jordan should not be playing minutes at all. He shouldn't have been playing minutes to start the year. It just so many things that didn't make sense that was stubborn. Having having Westbrook and DeAndre Jordan in, in in a starting lineup where you know LeBron James is on the floor and Anthony Davis, who isn't who isn't a good three point shooter, does not make sense. It's basketball hell. It's LA traffic. Um, so I it just it didn't. It was just it's too too many things that happened. It just um, I couldn't put my head on to begin with. And then you look at like um, they panicked. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, they. That's definitely. That's definitely what they did. Uh, so I, I think that if, let's say, if Anthony Davis struggles, if, if if he was dealing with, you know, an injury or multiple injuries outside of, uh, you know, who was it, an MCL sprain that you know that he had, you know, that he ended up with acquiring, and then he comes back and he's close to being dominant, then maybe some of this is able, you know, you're able to fix. But I, I mean, at the end of the day. Um, they made a lot of a lot of weird offseason moves, and it's hard. You can't get rid of them all. You can't, you know, you can't change them all. Now you got a contract in Westbrook that I don't know if you can move. I mean, when they when game one started and and Kent Bazemore was guarding Steph Curry, I, I I mean I mean that 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 was it for me. So I mean you know stuff you know issues like that. I mean we're talking about the the one of the greatest basketball decision makers in the game we want him off ball we want lebron james off ball why like i mean so you know i don't i don't know where they got me but i you know if if ad can come back and be if he can match on the floor what he is as a talent then a lot of this shit can go away but you know and maybe they can make some small moves in the you know in the uh in the in the interim but i'm with maples i just don't see how you get I don't see how you get rid of West, uh, Russell Westbrook. You want to find a way to make it work. Hey, hey, hey man, I, I'm just saying, call up Orlando. <laughs> call up Orlando. We'll take Gary Harris. We'll take T. Ross. We'll take Mo Bamba. They're all on expiring. We'll give you Russell Westbrook this 2027 first and some seconds, bro. Like, we'll, we'll <laughs> they want to sell tickets that bad, King? Hey, 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 man. We'll give you Russ. We'll make you sell tickets and we'll give you draft picks. Give us Bo Bamba, Gary Harris, and Terrence <laughs> Ross, man. And we're going to re- release DeAndre Jordan, and we're going to release Avery Bradley, and we're going to try and, and do this again. <laughs> like, no. that's, that's, that's my only hope at this point, man. That's Avery Bradley moment. went from not playing to playing clutch time minutes in one game. I I ended up watching because they yeah, needed him the, the, as a perimeter the, 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 I mean, Stanley Stanley Johnson yeah. came off the street and was closing. That's how. That's how down. <laughs> down. Yeah. That's tough, bro. That's that's. And actually, they, I actually they, they like they have to keep Stanley Johnson all season. Like they have to keep Stanley Johnson. Like that's how bad it is on the wing right now. So we'll see what happens, man. So go, going on throughout what's going on throughout the league. Uh, moving on. I thought something real interesting. I wanted to get you guys uh, takes on was the Kimball Kimball Walker situation in New York. I think about a month ago, a little over a month ago, Tez basically told him he wasn't going to be playing anymore going forward. Uh, obviously, Omicron, Omicron and uh, COVID had different plans. So uh, they actually had to 
that we're not going to throw him out there. And he's played just really good basketball for him, for his level and his age at this point. Like, what what do we make of situations like that? And I'm not sure that's not the only place that happens in the NBA. Um, Knicks that I beat about bringing Kemba in was the Knicks were really struggling offensively in the playoffs. Uh, you know, my son, my adult son, Julius Randle, was not that guy as a good, the number one. I was begging for them to get a, a number two to slide that man down to his proper slot. Um, so they were trying to get just more offense in. Uh, Kemba, I mean, he's averaging 14 on 42% shooting for the season, so it wasn't terrible, but I think we all know Tibbs is defense first. If you're not bringing it on that end, he just kind of to hell with you at that point. <laughs> so, well, I'll start here with you, uh, Chris. What, what do you make of that, you know, situation like that? I know you wish that would happen to Garrett Temple or Saddle, but, you know, talk to me about, you know, that that situation. It was crazy. He come back, he has 40, then he has a triple-double on Christmas. They get a big win on Christmas Day. So, over the Hawks, no mind you, knocked him out of the playoffs, so – yeah, like, how do you think stuff like that you know, bounces out in the NBA? Just what do you make of it? Well, I mean, you know, it's another it's another sin, I think, of a of a weird offseason. Like, I mean, you had you already had a team that was like in like guard heavy. At least, you know, I mean, you had Alex Burks, you know, who came on and was and was an important part of your team last year. You got Derrick Rose. Um, you know, RJ Barrett spends time spends time as a guard. I mean, that's four. That's Four guards. I mean, and and with and with Emmanuel quickly. I mean, you want to keep someone who you you know you have to develop. Putting Kimba into that into that situation, I can see how you're looking at it. And you know, and saying that he's you know maybe upgrading from Alfred Payton. You know, but there was a point pretty much after you know the All Star break where Alfred was only playing 15 minutes a game. So Pelicans legend Alfred Payton. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely he definitely legend down south with us, man. But um. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, so I didn't, you know, the Kimber thing was kind of odd. And then you add Evan Fournier to it, you know, so you got, it's just, just a lot of guards to where they may, I mean, in my opinion, Kimber became a scapegoat while things weren't going well. Not sure he wasn't, he wasn't playing well at all, but the guy you paid all the money to in Julius Randle is one of your biggest problems. So, I mean, you know, I mean, what do you do? I mean, that's, that's where it's at, right? Obi Toppin is waiting to break out, needs minutes, but you can only give him so many because you got, you know, log jam there between Randall and Robertson and Taj Gibson, you know, so it's just, it's just odd there in, in, a, in a lot of different areas. But um, I love the Kimba story, man, because it shows what like when the benching happened, he could have been a bad teammate. He could have complained. He could have, you know, he could have cried. He could have, he could have did a bunch of different things. He said the right things in the media. He, instead decided that he was going to be, you know, a good teammate and support the guys that was in front of him. And when it was his time, he was going to show, he was going to have great games and show up to a, to a press conference and a blue jacket and a blue do-rag. And that's <laughs> like, I mean, it, 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 that's the way that it's supposed to go. That's, I mean, I don't understand how, that's one of the best stories you could really ask for, man. So, I mean, I hope people, you know, that could be a story for a lot of veterans around the league because that could have went left and we've seen it go left before. So, yeah. I mean, I'm happy for Kimba and now they need him. They desperately need him. He could be petty if he wanted to, but now with D-Rose being out too much, they need him more than ever. And now even when Derek comes back, Kimba's going to be in the rotation. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see from my perspective. All right. Go ahead, Kings. What do you think about the, the whole Kimba ordeal? And how I kind of agree with Chris. He was kind of scapegoated for what the Knicks were going through. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of how I like what the Lakers did to Dennis, you know what I mean? You just find the guy, find somebody who everyone seems to dislike, 
You know what I mean? And regardless of how he's playing, you're going to say it's his fault when everything's go wrong. When he eventually does have a bad game, because remember, these aren't stars. You know what I mean? These are role players that are not going to produce like stars and have stinkers. They're going to over-exaggerate it and then be like, well, he never contributed anyway. And then find a way to scapegoat him. But, you know, when cool heads, when cooler heads come off, you start to look at the production, you know, relative to what you need on the team and what they can do, you start to see, oh, actually, they could actually help us out. You know what I mean? That's what Kemba was. So, oh, Kemba can actually help us out. Uh, you know what I mean? So he, it's with the Kemba Walker situation, it's like, who, I mean, who who did the Knicks have at who did the Knicks have at guard for for them to say he can't play? Like that, that's that, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was my I was like, who who's sitting him down like that? We're gonna start <laughs> Alec Burks because Alec Burks helps us defensively. Is, is quick, was quickly the guy that was supposed to sit down Kemba Walker? I mean, I, I just didn't understand, you know, why Kemba was, was, was getting DMPs. I mean, you needed, especially for a team that needed perimeter uh, shot creators, because RJ Barrett can't really shoot that good. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what RJ Barrett's best skill set is. I, I'm sorry, RJ Barrett's stand base. You know, funny, in Maple's true story, I had some uh, RJ Barrett folks on Twitter at me <laughs> because of my comments from the last, <laughs> the last episode. It's no hate to R.J. Barry. You know, we're just trying to figure out what he's really going, you know, going to be good at. But yeah, you know, the Knicks need perimeter creation, perimeter playmaking. And Kemba provides that, even if it's just like twenty minutes, uh, fifteen minutes, twenty-five minutes. It's like you, you need that type of talent for the Knicks because that's something that they've been lacking for the past two seasons. You know, yeah, any any offensive burst thing. But that that Atlanta series was nasty. Like, yeah, I would, that, that, like, that was an eyesore to, to, to try to watch them trying to get buckets without D-Rose trying to, you know, tap into his 2009 self. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to touch on that, man. I thought that was kind of an interesting story, how you just stay ready, man. It's kind of, you know, we all acknowledge that Kemba kind of lost a step, but I think he's one of those guys, like, I, I don't know anybody, who, know anybody who's like, I dislike Kemba Walker. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys where right. everybody's like, I, I rock with Kemba. Um Christmas Day, we got a matchup. Probably the two, even though I think Milwaukee has something to say, but the two best teams in the West, at least, Phoenix and Golden State. Uh, to me, I was extremely impressed with the Warriors. They were out without five wing players, which is paramount in this league. They still go to Phoenix, get a big W on um, on the road on Christmas. Uh, Steph was just 10 for 27. So, you know, he wasn't even that great. They still find a way to win. Uh, it was really a Draymond masterclass defensively in that down the second half and down the stretch, man. That that, that was that guy's a, just a special defender. Um, as Eddie Johnson uh, let us know, the Suns were missing Kaminsky and uh, <laughs> and Darko. Sorry, <laughs> hey, he, hey, that was shameless, bro. I'm sorry. I, I, I like Eddie Johnson too, but that was shameless, bro. That man really name dropped Sarge and, and, and uh, Kaminsky, man. Like we didn't see last year playoffs. Um, they weren't begging him to take yeah, him off. Yeah, I'm like, bro, you, you throw him on the floor against Steph, he's not going to shoot 10 or 27, I guarantee it. Um, so, uh, I feel like I got to give Kings because I, I told so a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about you know who in the series I was starting to lean Phoenix because I felt like the Warriors needed more on ball shot creation, you know, than Jordan Clarkson. Right, as their second best shot creator aside from Steph, I think in a series that might hurt you. Um, I thought Phoenix just had more guys like you know, Booker, Chris Paul, you know, uh, Aiden can even do some stuff out in space. You put them in to give the ball in the right spot. Even Mikael Bridges is showing some growth, you know, doing stuff off the ball. So I'm like, 
I think Phoenix is a little more versatile off the ball, but the way the Warriors defend and create looks with their movement, man, that, that and to be down five wings and win that game, that that damn near swayed me. Um, so Kings, like, what, what was your takeaway from that? You know, Phoenix Golden State game. Uh, you know, it's it, it's kind of just showed me why why I was so heavily against Golden State, and you need specific type of, of team to beat them. I think the only shot that since the Suns have of beating Golden State is that uh, Aiden has to live inside and completely suck the defense of Golden State inside out, like, you know, how LeBron did from the perimeter or right. how Giannis can do, uh, you know, going in. I think that's that's the biggest weakness with Golden State is you have to be able to, you know, kill their rotations by making multiple guys have to help on one guy, you know, attacking that in, that, that defense and beating his man consistently. Uh Booker's not very good at punishing people inside and like attacking the paint. I mean, he's good, you know, in, in the sense that he's, he's he can beat the average defender, but he's not going to be, beat, you know, great or good long wings off the ball to attack the paint, you know, consistently, like, you know, 15, 20 times a game trying to get guys in. He's not going to be doing that. Um, Chris Paul, you know, that's his bread and butter, right? Was was He was always going to set guys in and create for people, but he's older, so he kind of has to do it off the pick and roll more so, and uh, he's not much of a threat scoring in there. So it's like when he gets in there, he does penetrate like he can. Guys are uh, trying to play the pass and forcing him to take his pull-up midi because uh, they're not, you know, they're not uh, scared of him going to the rim because of his size and his age. So it's it's going to really be on eight, and I think, to, to really have their offense be inside out. Uh, and really punish Golden State inside. Um, but I think a lot of people are underselling the the Golden State offense. Like I told you, I think when, you know, obviously Jordan Poole is the uh, flashy creator on ball outside of Steph. But I think Wiggins can do a lot of stuff in, in, in the mm. post, especially when, when teams play, like uh, Mar was saying, teams put their wings on Curry and their guards on Wiggins. I, uh, Kerr has done a good job of featuring Wiggins in the post on those smaller guards and using his size and his scoring prowess in the mid-range to get Wiggins going. So Wiggins, you know, that's that's an action that they can call to, right? That's not just Steph and short pool creating. You also have Draymond Green, who's very cerebral at getting guys open, getting guys uh, easy buckets. Um, you know, Iguodala, he's older, but he can still do some of that in his short minutes, get guys easy looks. And Otto Port is a guy who can shoot from anywhere, mid-range three, you get him his off his curl, you know, he was uh, big down the stretch, big down the stretch. He's, he's going to be able to get his shot off. And then uh, Jalen Chica, you know, excuse me if I pronounce his name. Bielitsa. Bielitsa. Bielitsa, <laughs> right. Bielitsa is uh, another guy, too, who can shoot the ball really well. Uh, he showed me some things in that pick and roll, you know, kind of going to the basket. You know, so he's, he's got some type of utility uh, outside of just shooting and spot up shooting. And then, uh, as we all know, uh, Mr. Uh, Clay Thompson, the flamethrower. He can get hot and it's over at that point. You know what I mean? He can, if he get hot, that's 10 threes that night. And there's nothing you can do about it. It don't matter how many hands you get in his face. So it, it's it's a lot of firepower in a lot of different ways with the Warriors. Like as somebody who, because of, I'm a clutch, I'm a clutch staple, you know what I mean? As somebody who's had to see the wars with Golden State, it's only a few ways you can beat those guys, man. It, it, it just, and Golden State is clicking at all levels. When they got it going like this, when they got it going defensively, obviously it's only a few ways you can beat those guys in the series, bro. And, man, I, like I said, unless Aiden starts averaging 30 and 2 and 15, bro, I, I, 
I have to pick Golden State in it. I, I got in six. That's how I got it. I don't if, if Golden State is fully healthy, clay available, and even having Wiseman give you some type of development in those spot minutes of showing some vertical threat and, and on both offense and defense. They got those two there. I think this that's a six game series for them. I think they're the worst matchup for Golden State is 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 the Milwaukee Bucks. I yeah, think I outside of the Bucks, they're comfortable playing any team. I think we get a point where we're gonna look back and be like, damn, we we so lucky they didn't draft LaMelo ball because it just would have been nasty work for the rest of the way. But uh yeah, I mean, yeah, because you had LaMelo right now, that's what I'm saying. He's been running big. That's pretty much game at this point. So Chris, where are you with the with the Phoenix Golden State? They've kind of separated themselves. We're gonna talk about a third team that you know is trying to show it belongs. Um where, where are you with the Phoenix Golden State thing right now? I think they played three games. Phoenix won one. Golden State's won the last two. Uh, where, where are you with it? So uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, I heard you confuse uh, uh, Jordan Clarkson with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, yeah. As a, as, as a 29-year-old member of the light-skinned community, we all we all don't look, <laughs> look alike, brother. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm going to need you to never do that again, okay? All right. Now, um, outside of that, um, yeah, man, I, it's – it's it's remarkable what Golden State is doing, man. I mean, I, I for them to for them to go on the road and you know I know Devin Booker is still you know is still trying to you know find find that um you know that stretch that we've seen him you know put together over over time and whether it's you know just getting getting back into the shake of things with you know between the injury and I think he had COVID at one point and you know at the beginning of the year it was adjusting to the new rules whatever the case it is he'll find himself but you know man I mean the potential for this Golden State team, I mean, you know, we don't even, you know, we don't even know, man. I mean, they're, they're playing the best basketball, you know, in the, in the league right now. And then, you know, they're missing Clay Thompson. You know, we don't, who knows what Wiseman can help, you know, even giving them 15 good minutes a game. Um, I think overall, man, it's the flexibility that they're able to, you know, to show in different ways that they're able um, to, you know, to beat teams, whether, Steph is out there, or you know, or, you know, when healthy is important. But guys just continue to step up. And, you know, it's interesting because they did. You know, we talked about the Knicks and the Lakers having silly offseason. I mean, you know, regards to fits. You know, with Golden State, they, you know, they seem to do you know, the complete opposite. You know, going and, and get being linked to the, you know the help. You know, being a you know being a stretch big who can do extra things with basketball. Getting Otto Porter. You know, uh, you know another talented wing. You know, who can shoot, who can who, who can defend. You know, on top of you know, drafting, uh, you know, Kumunga and company. You know, I mean, you we, we're not even seeing Moses Moody right now. I mean, they um, Kaminga, Kaminga is gonna be a star. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, and he can just, you know, he can just play the, he can play the Kawhi role, man. Just, you know, he he can sit, he can sit and develop his game without having to worry about being rushed or any anything along those process. Take his lumps, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna impact the win or loss margin very much. Uh, I mean, that's huge for development in this league, and that may be able to make up for what they – well, in some capacity, make up some type of ground. I don't think he's going to – he may not be a superstar. He might not be on LaMelo's, you know, uh, level. But if Wiseman gives you anything and you're able to bring, you know, Kamonga along the ride slowly and he ends up breaking out, he might be okay. Uh, but doing this without Clay, without Jordan Poole, I mean, it's really it, – it's remarkable. Steph Curry doesn't have, you know, a good shooting performance. Um uh, I mean, but like you said, Draymond, Draymond's ability defensively, um, yeah, you know, man. was definitely signed upon. And, you know, for Phoenix, 
you know, I mean, I, I wonder about them. And I think, you know, Milwaukee kind of kind of shined a light on it for me last year. You know, when they have when they play teams that are that are long, they can switch everything They have multiple ah, defenders yeah, to yeah. stop you at each at each level. They yeah. have I don't think that they have, especially like athletically from unless Mikael Bridges takes a takes a larger step offensively. Well, like you said, Aiden dominates. That makes it tough because where Chris Paul wants to eat at, those guys are eating up that space. And if Book yes. isn't, and and they they also take away Book's spots where Book wants to get off. And you know, Kings made the point about you know he's not um, he's not a guy that's going to consistently get to the rim. Um, and when he does, um, and and right now where the where the league is kind of trending with calling calling less fouls, contact, and air. Um, it's, it's, it's a it's a bad matchup for the Milwaukee and I think and Golden State and this is before they're even healthy so I don't know what they really do there for matchups like that because it's just so many guys that they can throw at throw at you and eat up what Phoenix wants to do or needs to do to win basketball games so I mean you're right it's it's going to be on a guy like DeAndre and if DeAndre can dominate a series if he can dominate games and yeah I mean you have to throw extra guys at him, then Book and CP maybe can get to their spots and have better offensive games. But, I mean, without it, Golden State and Milwaukee just look just look really tough for them. Mm. And I, I think that's a good point about the length and taking up yeah. the space. Guys who are switchable, they can't create the same advantages. I like that point. Yeah, that makes they a lot of sense. Look at this. How, 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 does, how does Phoenix – from the, how does Phoenix guards – not Aiden. How does Phoenix guards score against a lineup of Curry – Otto Porter, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. Where's where where where's the weakness there? Yeah, they they're gonna have to score like which is down the stretch. They had to you know they had to depend on Booker and Chris Paul to be heroes more so than execute. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's gonna have to be hero ball because you're not gonna get no easy looks against those against that light one on one. Right. But yeah, that's one of the, one one of you guys take on that Christmas game. It was it was a damn good game though. Like that's that's fun to watch. I could definitely see myself getting highly into. You know, seven of those down the stretch, um, or in a playoff down in May, June. Um, we're doing it again. It's Groundhog's Day, y'all. I gotta ask. <laughs> I think this is the fourth straight year. Utah Jazz, baby. <laughs> Last three weeks, uh, number one net rating. I'm <laughs> on both ends. They cracked the code, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. that team is a regular seat. Like they just it's it's a regular seat. That's kind of crazy, man. That's um, what they've always been. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like kind of like if you watch the regular season, like 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 this is kind of amazing. Like they're gonna get up 43s, uh funnel everything to go bare, and just make it mm-hmm. tough for you. Like that's like that's the that's the you know, they use Gobert's rolling gravity to you know generate threes, Mitchell off the pick and roll, Conley off the pick and roll. Uh my thing is so last year, um it was two things for me that Rudy, they couldn't get Rudy to punish small ball, so yeah. it was affecting him on defense because they could he couldn't play those smaller guys off the floor. I think that's an issue that we have to see is addressed. And I really think they missed Mike Conley in the playoffs last year. Even though he came back, he was compromised. Um, does any of that change in the playoffs for you guys this year? Like I guess they're they're win around, but in the second round, they're either going to be going against Phoenix or Golden State. And do you just think they have a chance against either of those or extend to extend those series, even win one of them, in your opinion, looking at how they're no. set up right now? 
And why? Kings, why you go ahead. My answer is no. Uh, uh, Kings. <laughs> uh, I mean, they they just they have to guard. They have to be able to guard on the perimeter. Like, just, yeah. their guards have to guard. Mike Conley will have to, you know, be able to do his thing on Steph and CP3. Um, because once that, if, if you know, CP3 and Booker are able to break down the guards and get into the, you know, and, and create advantages with Gobert, you know, Gobert is a great defender. But I don't care how great you guys are big. If you're constantly having to make up for your guy getting beat off the dribble, it's going to be a long night. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, unless them, they can guard on the perimeter, I just don't see how you can beat any of those two in, 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 a, in a series, you know what I mean? So um, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I think I think what Utah want, likes to do offensively in terms of, um, you know, the pick and roll gravity with the getting up the threes, uh, with, uh, I think that can work. Uh, that can push the Suns. Because you kind of saw, you know, the Clippers do that, right? Without Kawhi Leonard, you know, they spaced the, they spaced the uh, floor out. They're able to uh, go uh, get up a lot of threes, uh, be able to go from that perimeter inside, and that that kind of got you know Phoenix moving on defensively. You know, kind of challenged all the Phoenix players to move on a perimeter defensively. So I think they could have some success against Phoenix. Um, I think it'll be a lot harder on Golden State because I think Golden State has more defenders than Phoenix does. Like like Phoenix has probably the best perimeter defender out of everybody. With Miles Bridges, but you know the second Mikael, like, they got Mikael. Miles oh yeah, man, Mikael, yeah, Mikael Bridges. Sorry, my bad. Not Miles, Mikael Bridges. But you know, if you're looking at the next uh, defender down, it's like Draymond Green. You know what I mean? And then if you want to argue Aiden, as after that, you're looking at Wiggins, looking at Otto, looking right. at Clay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You're looking at Andre. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's all Golden State after outside of outside of Mikael and Aiden. It's all Golden State defenders. You know what I'm saying? So I think for the Warriors, it's just a bad matchup for the Jazz because the War because Gobert is not going to punish Draymond for being in the five. And if that's not going to happen, it's it's over for you at that point. Like if you can't punish. Golden State playing Draymond Green at the center spot, you're losing that series. So yeah, I, th- um, yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was a, a like Lou was just completely in his bag in last year in the playoffs. So they were down two oh, yeah. and then he was like, "The Zubac men are killing us because Rudy's just clogging everything up." He's like, "We're gonna play centerless basketball and switch everything and just live with what Rudy does offensively." And Rudy couldn't kill him enough to the point where they weren't gonna take man off. Man, man was basically their center on offense. Uh, a lot of the game, he just, they, just five out. It was a layup and line, <laughs> and he kind of told that line too with the Phoenix. You know, he right. said, a- "Yeah, Aiden was just able to eat up." Yeah, Aiden was able. Obviously, he's a lot better on on the perimeter, so he was able to 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 keep up to, for them to win that series. But that's my thing with Utah and Phoenix is that Utah can create enough from the perimeter to challenge Phoenix to be able to, oh, yeah, to yeah, take yeah, a yeah. couple games. Whereas that's that's not going to work against Golden State because all their guys can live on the perimeter. You know what I mean? Like all their guys are comfortable sitting down on the outside. So, Chris, you're not you're not buying the Utah juice. Still not buying. Uh, look, I I don't think Utah. If there's anything left in Jamal Murray's legs, uh, come postseason, I don't think Utah can beat Denver. I'm just not. I I I I, I don't. I look at Utah like. Um, it's too much, I think, come postseason time, you know, for them. 
um, like the opportunity is there for Rudy Gobert to to help win them a series, to help take them to the next level. Offensively, I mean, you guys made all the points already. He has to be able to punish smaller lineups and um, he'll blame it on opportunity, but it's gonna it's on him to demand the basketball and make some of these plays happen. Offensively, his his game has to take a step forward at some point if they're going to do anything um, and live off of this potential that we see them, you know, put for them in the regular season. Um, and I mean, you know, we're talking about in Phoenix, we're talking about three three All Star caliber players. Um, with Utah, so much that's dependent on Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and in the postseason where the floor shrinks and, you know, every possession matters, matters that much more. It's tough. We see, I mean, how many, you know, 10 for 25 games Donovan Mitchell do we have to see in the right. postseason, you know, to see that, you know, he's going to need added help and it's not just going to be able to come from Joe Ingles or Bogdanovich or like, you know, he needs – and maybe it's Mike Conley, but no, he needs his other his other star, the other guy that the that the team is built through, and Rudy Gobert to match that. But not just off of offensive rebounds, off of lob attempts. They at some point they're going to need for him to be able to be a guy that they can dump the ball down to and make yeah. plays and make positions to get his guy a rest. I don't know if he's there yet. I don't think that will be a guy that he will ever really be. That's really what it comes down to. If if that two man game was a true two man game, if you could depend on that then it would change the way I would look at Utah come, right. come postseason. But when you play all these teams that have so many other flexible ways to beat you, I mean, whether it be Phoenix and especially Golden State, um, I just – I don't see them being able to beat the elite. And, yeah, like King said, I mean, we keep saying Golden State's a bad matchup, but they're a bad matchup for anybody. Just, <laughs> I mean, I mean they're just – those teams are just are, – I, I still can't believe that I'm looking at this team – Flores in the way that it is, not just on paper, but togetherness. I mean, I, I I didn't realize how good and tough they would be defensively. Um, yeah, they add Clay to a 27 and 16, man. Look, it's I told you. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm a clutch staple. So I, once I saw it going early, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this story before. As soon as I saw <laughs> yeah. it, it's only, it's only, it's only going to be it's only going to be a few archetypes that's going to be able to win, bro. I, I I told everybody that all these teams that play good team ball, all that other nice stuff, that that was nice, bro. If you was watching the Golden State in that run, bro, you know, it's only few type of archetypes that's going to be able to get that team to seven games and win a series with them. You have to be all time of the all time in terms of talents to be able to punish that type of, of right. coaching, that type of, of firepower. Yeah. Cause you know, they have a, their own, they have their own all time weapon. Now, Steph Curry, that's another all time player. So you got to match yeah. that and you got to be able to beat all time defenders. You know what I'm saying? It, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Right. Yeah, man. Great stuff. Y'all appreciate you. Make sure you follow Impatient Bull on Twitter, Chris Connor, um, and tap into his space. He does them the majority uh, after Pelican games. Uh, he has a pop, and he's like the you know the voice of the streets with Pelicans Twitter, man. Chris, Chris, <laughs> man, we, we see what you're doing. Uh, you even got nine Pelicans fans tapped in and see what y'all gonna say, man. Y'all, 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 y'all crazy passionate. Salute, man. I, I you know I appreciate it, man. I'm just glad uh glad y'all boys put the blueprint out there, and we could you know, kind of, kind of take it from there. And I hope, uh, hope to see y'all again, come the postseason. Damn it. Yeah. We so back in, man. Y'all just, too, man. We, we, we back in, yeah. uh, you know, I'm in season, he's in labs. So the, the spaces during the week is kind of tough right now, but in playoffs, um, 
I, I won't be more impactful with the playoffs. Yeah, man. That's more impactful. Sure. I, don't, I don't need to talk about it. No disrespect to people who do it because I listen to it, but you yeah. know, I'm, I don't have the energy to talk about the Lakers versus the Orlando Magic. On shout out to Jason Rodgers. Shout out to Jason because I, you know, I, I, tap, yeah. I tap in the state of the Lakers, but shout out to Jason. Yeah. Somebody got to do it. Just think Someone has to do it. Yeah, man. shout out to Jason and Raj, though. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, man. Make sure, as always, like again. Follow uh, the Bird Rights. Follow Chris Connor. Uh, tap in on Pelicans Twitter. They 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 solid folks. Uh, as always, followed myself, JJ Mables fifty five underscore MST. Follow its Kings, bro. Tap it with the pile. We appreciate all the feedback. Um, anything before we get out of here, fellas? Um, man, nothing at all, man. Appreciate y'all having me again, man. And ho- hopefully, uh, next time, um. It'll be under under better basketball scenarios. I know, man. I feel like I, I, we had uh, we had Chris on here. We juiced by the Pelicans doing solid. Then Brandon Ingram Achilles gets sore. I'm like, man, what the hell? So, <laughs> yeah. hey, my, my my last thing though is because you know I think a, a week ago so I watched Zion at Duke high, at Duke highlights. Man, can you get back on the floor, man? Like, like, like this. You're a special talent in the NBA. People just want to see you who play basketball again, bro. <laughs> I heard it, man. Z. Basketball. Z, get back, man. That's it. Temple of Hoop. Follow, subscribe, rate, uh, give us feedback. We appreciate it. We are out of here. Peace out.